Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. On McDermott on 2FM. With Transport for Ireland. Plan your journey door to door with our free TFI Journey Planner app. Hello, you're all very welcome to this week's Sound of the Nation. We are joined in studio, I'm going to say by bona fide friend of the show, Colette Sexton, journalist extraordinaire is back. It's lovely I've to made see it. Also, Amy Philbin Bowman, who is a broadcaster and journalist and personality and cerebral thinker. Lovely to have you both. Let's jump into this one. This is this is a little bit of a, a, a pop culture zeitgeist moment. Many people may have watched, uh, there's two versions of the documentary on Hulu and on Netflix, um, but the documentary Refire Festival in the Bahamas, 2016 Music Festival, it was organized by rapper Jerule, entrepreneur Billy McFarland, who subsequently has done jail time for his involvement in this festival. €12,000 per ticket. They hired a rake load of uh, insta-famous models to promote it. When people arrived, it was it, it was a holy shambles and it turned into just shy of anarchy. Guys, have we seen this documentary and what does it tell us about the human race in 2019? A fool and his money are easily parted, I think. I mean... First of all, the festival looked appalling to begin with, even if it turned out to be what it was supposed to be. They hadn't announced any acts or anything and people were spending like thousands of dollars on tickets for it. And then what? You want to be up on a beach dancing with Kendall Jenner? That's my even nightmare. Yeah, I loved this because I really like documentaries where I get to watch rich, deluded Americans as their lives <laughs> disintegrate before my eyes. Basically, this is a story about people who are very good at Instagram and rubbish at everything else. But you did sort of feel for the people who were working for them. And there was a really telling scene, I thought, where there was an American worker. And just before the whole thing starts, it lashes rain. And the American was like... I just started laughing because it was like it was going to be such a complete mess and straight away because to one of the local workers going I started crying because I could realise like it was going to be such a disaster but it doesn't also kind of show the disregard for for people because you look at the money they spent purely on the Instagram promotion or the, the advert they shot Kendall Jenner was paid a quarter of a million dollars for one Instagram post and Emily Radajowski and all these famous people Bella Hadid and then there was a local worker on the Bahamas a lady who was left $50,000 of her own money out of pocket because all these contractors, she was a caterer, they had done the work and she settled the bill out of her own money and I think it's taken the documentary for her to have any kind of financial recourse. Yeah, because there was a crowdfunding campaign set up and I think that they've raised like over $150,000 for her now but that's amazing and great but then there's still so many other contractors that have, have gotten no money out of this and worked for free essentially for months which is appalling but it shows the power of Instagram and the power of influencers I mean this whole thing started with a ton of influencers putting on one one single picture of just orange on their Instagram feeds and everyone it sold out like in 24 hours or something it was insane especially for the cost of the tickets well if you spend your entire budget on marketing and then you don't factor in the cost of any of the real things you have to do to make it a real festival then yes the marketing will be very slick and very cool but they just had no idea how to go from there the pictures of what fire festival ended up like it looked like oxygen. Irish people actually pay money to go and stand in the rain. But do you think the people who have lost money just because they're rich are not worthy of sympathy? Like that was the sentiment. You said it and that was uh, what a lot of people were saying on Twitter. Sitting back with glee watching these idiots get their comeuppance. I mean, they invested in good faith money they had earned for an experience and yeah, they can take the financial hit but they're still victims. To be, to be clear, I was saying about the guy running the festival like he was so deluded and it, I enjoyed watching his life because he had this whole idea of like um, he had this, this toast which is really 
really obnoxious of like living like movie stars and partying like rock stars and fornicating like uh, porn stars. And he definitely said fornicating. He didn't. He didn't say fornicating. <laughs> but we're on the radio. So they had just they had this idea that they could just live this wonderfully glamorous life where everything looked brilliant all the time. But you know, and what? hard work and planning goes into everything, and that is just reality. So watching him have to confront that reality and realize he hadn't, and basically his thing fell apart. That was fun to. It's probably an unfair generalization. Like there are influencers out there that you know do do their research and don't don't put their name to anything that isn't going to work out because you know they don't want to damage their brand they're the intelligent ones that are going to be around in years to come they need to mind their brands if they are going to be influencers and if not they're not going to last very long right fire festival uh, let's do a little bit of jerule he was one of the uh, partners in said festival here's a little throwback and we're back with the guys after this do it this is 2fm a little bit of old school Jerule on 2FM It's this week's Sound of the Nation We're here with uh, Colette Sexton and AB Film and Bowman Let's go into Brexit The shamble continues Brexit is basically just fire Festival on a much bigger scale <laughs> With a bunch of people who knew how to run a slick marketing campaign Had no actual plans for how this would work but It'll be an amazing party, it'll be great, it'll be on an island, it'll be fantastic And they had no idea how they were going to feed everyone That is the best take on Brexit I have heard in the past two and a half years Round of applause Brexit is fire Festival Slick marketing, nothing behind it. People are going to go to jail. Okay, so look, um, let's talk about this. Airbus, who employ 14,000 people in the UK directly, a further 110,000 supply t- chain jobs in the UK, annual turnover of 6 billion. The Airbus uh, CEO, Tom Enders, said their handling of it is a disgrace. It's going to be very harmful for the UK and said they're, they're going to move. They're in likelihood will move Dyson have said they're moving their UK headquarters um, out of the UK to Singapore. They're going to Singapore but interestingly they will benefit from an EU-Singapore trade deal which Britain will now be excluded from <laughs> that's right <laughs> I mean it's happening in real time do they almost have to go over the edge and realise it's too late before they will acknowledge it's not a good idea I don't think we're going to get a no deal Brexit there was a lot of talk this week about the Irish government and do we have a plan and there was this amazing interview on Morning Ireland where this minister wouldn't answer the question like 12 or 15 times with Audrey Carvel. But the thing is, the Irish government can't answer the question, right? Because if the Irish government turned around, let's say they did the opposite. They went, look lads, don't worry, we've got a plan. If there's an odio Brexit, we're going to do this in the border. We've got, we're going to have stuff at the ports. We'll be, it'll all be sorted out. If they did that, everyone in London would go, oh great, we can just do a crash out, do whatever we like now because we don't have to sort out the Irish problem. I think one of two things will happen. I either think Theresa May is going to convince the, the really far-right Brexiteer people in her party, look, you're not going to get a no deal, so you can either have my deal or no Brexit, and they will row in behind her, or else the other people in the parliament will take over and go, do you know what, we're doing something else, whether it's Norway or it's a, a second referendum or it's a delay. But I think one of those two is going to, I don't think we'll get a no deal. But that was my question. I, I guess maybe up until quite recently, it's like been conceptual consequences. But now yes. when you have people who employ thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in the UK going, this is a shambles. We are leaving. We're not thinking about leaving. We're not threatening to leave. We are leaving. And there's still no change in the rhetoric or, as it is presented to the people, certainly maybe behind closed doors. I just wonder, does it not actually make a difference what happens? I think they're going to have to have a second referendum. I'm kind of hoping that that's the secret plan behind it all. And Theresa May is secretly still a Remainer. And she's just <laughs> pretending she's going to, she's pushing for this Brexit so that she can then be like, oh, well, this is the deal. But obviously the people of Britain need to vote on the new deal, which Th- will allow for Brexit. That's a lovely thought. And it's re- the trouble is... No, let me have this. Ref- that's all okay. I'm telling myself. <laughs> if there's a second referendum, and it might be the way out of this, but it is, even if it's 55-45, that is still a cr- an intense 
incredibly divided country and a lot of very angry people who feel their votes didn't matter. We need to look at why the EU was set up in the first place. It was to prevent further war. So, I mean, that is what it comes down to. We've seen, you know, things igniting in the north again. It's very frightening. And I think for people of our generation, we probably didn't know how bad the troubles were and we weren't educated that much in school about it because they didn't want to reignite nationalism. But it's a very frightening thing in this island. And it's something that I think that our politicians know and hopefully they will continue to fight to to make sure that Brexit doesn't end up war and civil war in Ireland. Okay, right, we need to move on. Bono is a poor man, obviously, because he's been talking about uh, the virtues of capitalism in Davos. So let's help him and the lads with some royalties. This is Get Out Your Own Way, you two. And we're going to talk about Bono after this. This is 2FM. That way there was you two, get out of your own way. We're talking to Colette Sexton and A.B. Philbin Bowman, Sound of the Nation. Now, Bono has told world uh, business leaders and elite that capitalism is not immoral, but it is rather amoral and a wild beast that needs to be tamed. He was talking to the World Economic Forum in Davos yesterday. Now, this, I guess, comes off the back of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who we talked about a lot on the show recently. Um, She's the new darling of the Democrats over in the States. She proposed a marginal tax rate, uh, basically saying, after your 10 millionth dollar, everything you earn should be taxed at 70%. She's kind of preaching socialism. First thing to do, what is the difference between immoral and amoral? Immoral is like the evil person that you picture twirling a moustache with a cap on their lap that they're stroking. That's okay. immoral. And amoral just doesn't even care. Yeah, they like, don't even know. I'll do now, whatever I need to do. Okay, to get so what I want. is capitalism immoral in that people can make billions and billions and other people beside them can die and there's no real impetus to help them? Or is it amoral uh, and, you know, money is made and we just, I guess, need to structure society better so we can help people? We are living in this incredibly divided planet where the richest, like, bunch of people have as much as 50% of humanity. It's extraordinary. And I think, you know, we do have to cater our tax system to that. After $10 million, how much you get taxed? I think seventy. I think that's fine. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I but then again, I'm not on $10 million. As so soon of course as I that. start making $10 million, million, I have no problem giving 70% in tax. Now, this is, okay, you, <laughs> you say this, but I was listening to, uh, I mentioned this in the show the other day, the Ben Shapiro podcast, and he was going, look, let's take a public figure everybody knows, The Rock. The Rock last year made $70 million. Do you think on $60 million, he's going to give 70% of it away? No, he'll just move. It's a lovely idea. It doesn't work. Socialism doesn't work. And that's what Bono's saying. Bono's saying capitalism has saved actually the lives of more people than any other system in the history of the human existence. And people will go, ah, you too. And they're nifty with their taxes and everything. But is he also right that socialism hasn't really worked well in any place it's been implemented really? Well, the truth is like unbridled socialism and unbridled capitalism, neither of them works perfectly. So you have to have some kind of a balance in your system. Which is, which is, uh, is capitalism less imperfect? You, you, you have to have a balance between like yes we need to be rewarded for our work and our incentives and if you give everyone free money no one will do any work but if you just allow people to be rich and entrench their wealth and pass it on to their kids and you know and not help people at the bottom you're just entrenching privilege so you have to find some kind of balance is The Rock really going to miss that 10 million bucks and no, think of the it, difference but... it would make to the, you know, the, the world's poorest 10% if you divided it up among them it, you know, you've got to think about the efficiency of that but as well but it wouldn't it wouldn't be divided up among the world's poorest 10% because we'll say he probably pays his taxes in the US so it would go to people in the US it wouldn't go to the people who are in the worst poverty in Africa so we need to look at it in that way as well so then if the US get more taxes where does that go and what do they spend it on? And you know what? I'm really tired of, of 
Bono preaching to us about what to do with everything in the world like he's a musician and like he just I mean he tells us what to do with our politicians which he tells us you know what to do with our taxes it's it's it can get very grating and hard to listen to Why and if pe- he had that platform in Davos you know he's not going to get up there and change capitalism or change how it works but you could get up and be like hey guys would you be a bit sound maybe pay your taxes in your countries or maybe give Mind more you, to like, the poor Ireland is the beneficiary of companies companies like you too structuring themselves in a tax efficient manner like Ireland benefits from that it's easy to bash you too I think because they are Irish but people don't bash Apple for being as clinical in the execution of their taxes I suppose though you two are a lot more human because they're a band whereas Apple is like this giant corporation and also employs hundreds of people here so there's there's an argument between the two I mean and there is a difference deep down we're insecure that if we bash Apple they'll leave us whereas you two will always be there and if they fail a bit sure we'd kind of so we're the abusive partner in this relationship and like there is the Irish begrudgery of YouTube as well you know they have an amazing career we're kind of out of time but to wrap it up uh, Amy do you think in all honesty uh, if you were earning 60 million dollars a year on the or 70 million dollars a year on the 60 million you would pay 70% tax Quick, know, quick. Probably not, probably not. Probably but I, not. I, I would like to think I would use the money in some beneficial way. Because at that point, what, what joy is it going to bring me other than giving it to people who actually need it? A yacht, Colette. Um, I actually, I, I do. Maybe I'm just saying that because I know I'm never going to make that kind of money. You know, journalism is exactly going to turn you into a millionaire. But um, yeah, I think that I would. I think I, I wouldn't really mind. What on earth are you going to spend the money on at that point? Okay, we've two, two budding philanthropists in our midst. <laughs> And we look forward to you being loaded one day. AB, and you want to plug quick? You've got five seconds. Nope. Colette? Buy the Sunday Business Post, read image.ie. Thanks, Emil. Love you, bye. Do it. This is 2FM.